the man on the line right now, he might have like his rookie season in the AHL. Might Mr. Have Frank Corrado, our Leafs analyst at TSN 1050, who's making his debut tonight on the Leafs panel. How's it going? Did you play with Joe Wall? I did not, Julia. Hmm. Um, but in some housekeeping news that you know I like to bring up when we do these hits on Leafs lunch because I like to rack up a little bulletin board of Ooh. things that we like to talk about here. One of the first things on my list is I guess I'm not the only person making a debut on a panel this week from what I hear, Julia. Oh. Is that true? Yeah, Frankie, we get to hang out tomorrow. And I even had Craig, Craig was on earlier. You're on today. It's our whole CHL on TSN panel. And right. I found out even more electric news. Reg and Subban ringside tomorrow. There what we a go. squad. Mathot squad. and Victor Finley upstairs. Like, what a group. Yeah. Victor Finley is going to be standing on the milk crate again for the uh, pregame hit from the truck. So Adds he can be uh, eye level with Mathot. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Well, tell us about what's on tap for tonight. Your your rookie debut on the Leafs panel. I don't know if you. Oh, do we have this? Uh, I I think we do. Do we have that audio? That was the hey, Duffy I, audio. I don't know if you're listening to first up this morning, but there was this some is savage, slanderous, slanderous things directed. I, I've become aware. I, I have become aware of some of the things that were said. I will have some comments after we play the audio. Okay, so this is what <laughs> James Duffy, esteemed broadcaster. James Duthie had to say about uh, a rook making his debut tonight on the lease panel. Let's play it. Well, I think it'll be maybe we'll at the last second scratch him because that was kind of Frankie's career with the Leafs, right? Or like just Ooh, around wow, that is, hey, I'm going to be in the rude. building. I'm going to be oh, in the man. building tonight. I'm we'll doing the halves game. Five thirty so. and say no, Carlo's good to go. <laughs> Dude, like from the top ropes, unprovoked. Yeah. No, it, it is unprovoked, and it's really sad to see. You know, you think someone with the kind of stature of James Duffy would be a little more supportive in that situation. He just <laughs> takes me down bad memory lane where I lived out all my nightmares as a Toronto Maple Leaf, you know, taking warm-up every single night and then hearing, oh, uh, by the way, you're not going tonight. I guess the equivalent of that would be if I did the pregame show tonight and then at 6.55, Billy Dodson gives me the look like, hey, man, you're, you're not going tonight. Like, we, we need you to get off the set. So let, let's <laughs> we hope, you, to get you know, we want to make it to 7 o'clock. We want to get through warm-up and, and get into the game and, and, you know, play your game. That's, that's the way I would put it. Same way I would, I would say when I was playing or, or lack of playing, I guess. <laughs> you excited for the quiz, though? Like, I feel like if, if I ever get a chance to do the panel, which I doubt I will get that opportunity, I mean, the quiz would be something that I'd be looking forward to most. Very much looking forward to the quiz, and I, I will let you know that I did receive an email bright and early this morning from the quiz master about our potential topics. And not a phone so, call? Usually it's the 8 p.m. on a Saturday phone call from the quiz master that I'm like feeling email. like a bad worker because I'm not answering him at 9 o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> there, there was an email, and then there were some phone calls exchanged, and then there were some other emails as well. So we're, you know, we're well in the loop on the quiz, and hopefully we have some, uh, you know, some juicy topics for everyone tonight. So you're making your debut. We're chatting with Frank Corrado, our TSN Leafs analyst, uh, and going to be on the Leafs panel tonight, Leafs Detroit Red Wings on TSN 4. Uh, so you're making your debut on the panel tonight, but we had a guy making his debut for the Maple Leafs last night in uh, Bobby McMahon. What did you make of the way that uh, you know he played in his 11-ish minutes of ice time last night? All right, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, and this is what the Tatman and I were talking about a little bit after the game in the postgame show. 
Every once in a while, you see someone make their NHL debut and it's their first game and there's a lot of nervous energy and you can tell they're really expending a ton of energy, more than they, they maybe normally would. And you, you look at it and you're like, oh, that's great, that's awesome energy. But at the same time, you're like, I don't know if that's sustainable. Like, I don't know if that's something you're going to be able to do night in, night out, keep yourself here. And we see some guys kind of come up, have this big pop right off the bat, and then they fizzle out. And then there's some players who are just way too skilled to keep out of the league, and we, we see that a lot as well. But I thought Bobby McMahon last night was really impressive in the way it didn't look like he was overreaching, overextending in any way, shape, or form. It looked like he just played well within his wheelhouse. And when you watch him play, you're like, okay, there's a nice little simple decision that he made. He executed properly. And then even on the physicality side of things, wasn't like he was running around. wasn't like he was looking for any, anything crazy, any kind of extracurriculars. But what you did see, you see a, a guy with a bigger frame kind of lean on you, not lose his balance, come up with the puck more often than not. So I kind of watch that game and I think, all right, like that's his game. And he can probably do that night in, night out. There, there, it doesn't seem like that would be a guy where it's like there's this grand entrance and then you're wondering, okay, where did he go, right? So, and I was telling Patty as well. It kind of reminds me of a player that would have played for L.A. in, you know, somewhere in that 2013 to 2016 uh. kind of range. Pretty simple kind of guy, heavier player, and, and the Leafs have heavy players. The thing about McMahon that I like is he just really knew how to use his body to his advantage, and as a guy lower in the lineup, that's, gonna, that's how you need to assert yourself. So he just re- kind of reminded me of that you know, stereotypical heavy player that we used to see in the Western Conference, especially, you know, in that that California swing back in the day, maybe 10 years ago. I always like to know, like, what specifically a player's role will be. I think it's, like, best when players know exactly who they are and what they are and what they bring. What do you think that element is for Bobby McMahon that he tangibly brings to the Leafs lineup? Well, it's it's a good point too because there's times and I've I've seen it in my own career or other players' career where maybe you get called up, you get an opportunity, and a lot of the times you're getting opportunities because you're filling the net in the minors. Yeah, right? so, exactly. And, and and now you've got everyone's attention, so it's it's like yeah, we got to bring this guy up. He's playing great hockey. He's filling the net. He gets called up. He's not necessarily going to be put in that role. And I've seen it where coaches or or managers don't necessarily convey that to the player. So, and, and we've used this term many times in the past. You see a little bit of a, an identity crisis, right? Guy who starts on the fourth line, thinks he's a skilled player, tries to play that kind of game, and it's like, you know what? Uh, we didn't think you made the most of your opportunity. We're going to end up sending you down. So for Bobby McMahon, like he kind of fits into that role um, that an Aston Reese, Dryden Hunt, Pontus Holmberg, even you know, if you want to lump Pierre Engvall into that kind of role, guys who play, they have good wheels, they got a good motor, uh, bigger guys who can lean on you. Essentially, it's guys that can come up with pucks in the offensive zone and prolong offensive zone plays. And then in the defensive side of things, can you make little chip plays off the wall, whether it's to your centerman, whether it's to skate the puck out of trouble on your own? Like, So those are the two kind of critical areas for, for a guy like Bobby McMahon to really focus on if he wants to stay in the lineup. or you know, And, and, and it is inevitable that Austin Matthews will come back and – you know, he'll get bumped out of the lineup, but because he had a good training camp, because he did so well with the Marlies, you know, you kind of leave that, that good impression with everyone. So you know now, okay, like, I've asserted myself well enough that there's a good opportunity for me to get called up again and kind of continue where I left off. So for him, you know, he's got to play the same kind of game that he played 
leaning on guys, coming up with pucks, and no funny business in his own zone. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned Zach Aston Reese, Dryden Hunt, Pierre Engvall. Like these guys are all, you know, bottom six players with expiring contracts, and there could be some spots open next season for Bobby McMahon. Right. You know, a bit of an audition here to give him an opportunity to be fresh in mind next season when they're thinking about okay, how can we either are we going to bring some of these guys back or do we have people who can fill in internally on maybe a bit of a cheaper contract so it's nice to see that uh, you know he had a good debut and if he plays tonight that he can continue to do that but someone else who had a a real solid night last night was uh, William Nylander Um, I mean we talk a lot about the goal scoring the playmaking and just how skilled he is I mean is there anything about his game Frankie that you think that he's really elevated and is kind of sticking out to you this season that's allowed him to be so effective and consistent that maybe we, we aren't talking about enough? There absolutely is, Al's brother. And before we get into that, I have another piece of my bulletin board I'd like to break off right here okay. as you ask me this question. One of my favorite things that you and I do when <laughs> TSN 1050 has a Leafs game and we are at the Scotiabank Arena, I will go do my intermission hit with the Tapman. I come back down to press row and where our seats are located, it's right underneath the Leafs brass. So Dubis, Pridham, Spezza, a lot of very bright hockey minds sit mm. about five feet away from us. And you and I have a little session where we kind of chew it up, we digest it, and the Leafs brass, some of the brightest hockey minds in the world, are right above us, and we're doing the same thing, and we're sitting there looking at each other with our arms crossed, and we, we got critical thinking going. And I love it. And that's where you and I talked about exactly what William Nylander was doing. Not necessarily different, Al's brother, but it's maybe something we don't talk about as much with William Nylander. We always talk about crafty offensive player, really good off the rush, super dangerous on the power play. We talk about all those things. But how often do we talk about Willie's hockey IQ? How often do we talk about him being a really smart player? And I understand there's been times throughout his career where, you know, you see certain clips isolated, you're like, oh, man, you, you know, like you see the, the straight legs or the, you know, poor effort on the back check, and it happens, right? Like you can't let him off the hook there. But last night with Willie playing center ice, I thought we really got to see his smarts and his brain shine through. And, you know, you and I are sitting there, we're, we're taking notes and, and we're punching in time codes for certain things. And I can't tell you how many clips I have of William Nylander with a takeaway that leads to, um, you know, a scoring chance or a really good decision at the blue line that ends up leading to prolonged offensive zone play. So, you know, I thought when you, when you play center ice, you, you have nowhere to hide. You will get exposed very quickly. And he went up against some pretty good players. Like, like I know Nashville... Depth-wise, they don't have a ton of scoring, but you're going to go up against Duchesne and uh, Ryan Johansson, and so there, there are some, some good players there that Willie went head-to-head with, and more often than not, you, know, you see Willie on the right side of the puck. You see him you know, creating a turnover that leads to an offensive zone chance. You see him making good decisions with the puck in the offensive zone. So I, I was really impressed. We always know the skill is there, but I thought last night was a, a great view into the mind and the hockey IQ of William Nylander. Yeah, the IQ is a great point. Maybe an underrated part of his game. And I, I thought where you were going with that story initially was like maybe you caught Kyle Dubas kind of leaning down listening to <laughs> you guys. You well, that would be, that would that be would wild. Be that would be wild, wild if, if Kyle or, or Spezza or Pridham kind of leaned over and looked at Al. Like I'm sitting down <laughs> and I got my arms crossed and Al's brother's got his arms crossed and we're looking at each oh, other. You guys and, you are know, so we're, funny. 
Yeah, and then imagine Kyle just leans over. Hey, Al's brother, what are you talking about? What, yeah. What'd you what, notice? What was that? that? Can you speak up a little bit? <laughs> I, I couldn't quite hear it, but it sounded like you were talking. That would Wait, be. Wait, what was that deal you just mentioned? Like, it's like, which player has this expected? Yeah, yeah that no, would be. Al's brother, I didn't see that actually. No, thanks for pointing that out for me, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that would be something if that were to uh, to be the case. Uh, so as we mentioned, Frankie, you're on the panel tonight. Leafs, Red Wings. They you know played not too long ago. Back. Uh, uh, back on Saturday, way back when, Ilya Samsonov got the start, played well. Um, you know, I, I, I think when we go into these games, and on the second night of a back-to-back, though, the Maple Leafs have a really good record this year. 5-0-1 yeah. on the second night of a back-to-back, which, you know, typically is is not the case. I haven't looked at the entire league standings, but I would imagine that they probably have one of the strongest win percentages with that record on night two of back-to-backs. I mean, does that record say anything to you, though, about maybe the, the maturity of this team or maybe the consi- consistency that this team is playing with this year that you know is reflective of that statistic? Yes, it does. And don't feel bad about not knowing the stat. We interviewed Kenny Daniels on Saturday when the Wings were in town. And at the end of the interview, the Tatman and I were kind of out of questions and we needed to kill a little more time. So I just said something about Dylan Larkin being a Leaf killer. And, and Kenny goes, well, it can't be that much. The, the Leafs have won eight straight against the Wings. And so I looked it up after, and then Larkin had 18 points in 22 games played versus the Leafs. So it would be yeah, 18 and 23 now. But I had no idea that stat. Legitimately had no idea, just blurted it out there. So I was happy to go back <laughs> after it and kind of be somewhat right, even though the Red Wings haven't had success. But to your point about the back-to-backs, I, I think it speaks to the maturity of this team. And I'll be honest with you, like, think the back-to-backs and and there will be other people that make this point as well it might be a little overblown like I played in the American Hockey League where you play three and threes like one year in in Wilkes-Barre Scranton I kid you not we played 14 three and threes in a season that's 14 weeks where you play Friday Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. so you know like I I know the league is trying to reduce the back-to-backs and I think that is a good idea from you know, a player's health point of view and travel and all that kind of stuff. I think it's, I think it's great. But at the end of the day, there's a certain maturity level that your team needs to play with. And more often than not this season, we, we've seen the Leafs kind of win games when they didn't necessarily have their best stuff. We've seen the Leafs win games when, um, you know, the game isn't exactly their kind of game, let's say. You know, they've found ways to keep it within striking distance and then put it away at the end. And last night is a good example of that, right? Like, it's a bit of a goaltender duel. There's not a lot going on offensively. It's a little sloppy offensively from the Leafs' point of view and from Nashville's point of view, who really had nothing cooking offensively all night long. And then you win the game at the end of the game on a power play where, you know, you haven't had any success on the power play and you strike right at the end. So, you know, I know that's the the front half of a back-to-back, but, you know, when you see process-driven results like that, you know, you just kind of insert that into the second half of a back-to-back and you think, okay, like, there's a very good chance this late team goes into Detroit tonight and has gives themselves enough of a chance to win. You know, doesn't, doesn't take themselves out of the game, which has probably been one of the bigger criticisms of myself of this team in the past. It's like, you know, you go into situations in – um, you know, where, where you have an opportunity to win as long as you don't take yourself out of the game. And they haven't done that necessarily as much this year. And, and that's part of been 
that's been part of the reason why they've been successful on the back-to-back. Right. Okay, so Leafs on second half of a back-to-back. The Leafs have won against Detroit. What do we say, eight, nine straight? Nine something like straight that? wins against nine the straight. Detroit Rebels. Nine straight. Detroit is a young team. They're, they're a team that's knocking on the door in another division. They might have a shot at the playoffs. Do you think that nine losses in a row to the Leafs, how much of that is on their minds tonight? How much will that will them through this one? I mean, you would think that eight losses in a row probably would have <laughs> yeah. also been on their minds, too, yeah. though. But how wary yeah. of that as a player? You also, you also wonder, Julia, and we could put this to the Leafs and Coyotes thing, and, and what's the Leafs' record against the Coyotes? When was the last time they oh, beat them? Is the, it like 1986? Yeah, like, like they haven't had a regulation, had a regulation win in Toronto against the Coyotes since like 2002 or something like that. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, you could look at it both ways. Listen, at the end of the day, um, you can think about that all you want. You can have that in the back of your mind. And as, as a, a visit, like a player on Detroit, you can have that as a little motivation. At the end of the day, if Toronto plays to their strength and plays to their game plan, and if they get good goaltending, and if their defensemen do their job in front of the net, um, you can think about that all you want. But Toronto still will give themselves a very good opportunity to win the game. And, yes, we always make the point with the Leafs in the playoffs. You get there enough times eventually you're going to break through it is a you know mike johnson likes to call it the law of averages so you, you got to think at some point the detroit red wings will beat the toronto maple leafs in nhl action it has you know it's not going to go on forever um but you know when, when you kind of look at the way the leafs have played their record on back-to-backs um you know we're not sure if austin matthews is going to play tonight i guess we're still waiting to hear on that um if he doesn't play then you know, just a little more added awareness for the guys that are in the lineup that there's, hey, there's a little more urgency. Austin's not with us, and um, the, the Leafs' record has been very good without Austin Matthews in the past. All right, buddy. We'll leave it there. Have fun tonight. Pack an extra dress shirt, I think, is some advice that, uh, that, that I was told when I was doing overdrive, I guess, for the first time. Maybe pack an yeah. extra dress shirt for you in case... Uh, you know, you get a little bit of the little I'm bit of the freezing nerves. in here right now. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Wow. Al's brother, I'll see you soon up at the press road. JT, I'll see you tomorrow for the CHL on TSN. Let's rock, man. All right, buddy. Good All luck right. tonight. We'll be watching, and Thank you. Uh, hopefully, it's a good one. All right. All right. Thanks. All right.